Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. At Sif Pop, we're your movie friends. And are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop writer, John. Hello. John we, uh, and I write for SifPop.com, providing you with movie reviews, best ever challenges, and other interesting movie-related articles. John actually recently started up a series on the site. Oof, I'm out of breath. Uh, John, why don't you talk about the, the series that you just started for a little bit? So uh, I just started with my first article about Speed Racers. So what this series is about is movies that I consider to be underrated or overlooked by the general public. Um, and mostly these are just a lot of hot takes I have uh, that I think about uh, different movies that I love and have a deep passion for and could talk uh, talk your ear off about. So I started with uh, one uh, for Speed Racer because I feel like not a lot, of, I feel like it's getting more of a bit of acclaim than it did uh, about 10 to 12 years ago, maybe 13 mm-hmm. years ago, actually. So, um, you know, I'm very excited to, you know, continue going forward because there are, are a lot of movies I think that people don't don't really talk about that much. Sure. Yeah. And uh, it's a great article. Um, I really loved reading it. Um, and uh, there'll be one coming every, what do we say, like second Tuesday of the month? Yeah, of the I month, think. yeah. Yeah, something like that. So, uh, so those are on the website, and uh, and if you're trying to find a specific review uh, or a specific um, like article or recurring article, you can always go to Sif Pop's letterboxed page, and there is a list, um, and so it says another person's treasure, and so it has the one Speed Racer article right there, and then there's a. Uh, you know, in the future, those will all be in there. So uh, if you're looking for those, it's an easy place to find them. Or you can go to sifpop.com is the search box. That also works. So Very cool. Um, yeah, so, but uh, yeah, but that was a, uh, it's, it's really exciting. And I, it's def- I'm definitely going to tie that into with these get to know you questions. Yeah. Um, with, a, with a sort of on the spot one that I forgot to put in the show notes. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, on today's show, we're going to talk about um, a, two coming attractions. we got Luca and Fatherhood coming out both uh, this week. We'll give our thoughts on, uh, on how excited we are for those. And uh, we'll go on to our SIF topic, which is our TV catch up, of course. And then we'll move on to the B-plot, exploring the question. Um, I think Joseph sent this to us. I could be wrong. I don't know. It's either Joseph or me coming up with these things. And uh, and we'll um, spend uh, spend the time doing a spin-off, a quick recommend or warn from each one of us. But first, let's get a chance to know our writer this week. As always, Joseph, this is your first time on the show. Uh, so I got the basic questions for you. I got uh, I, The first one I want to ask is, uh, when did you realize that you had a passion for movies? Um, so I had a passion for movies from starting from when I was really young. Uh, my grandpa uh, showed me a lot of movies I probably shouldn't have seen from when I was a very little kid. He showed me like Taxi Driver and Goodfellas. Um, but, uh, you know, he, I just, it's really sparked my passion for film. Um, I got really like excited and wanted to take it further, my my passion for it further when I saw Tron Legacy in 2010. Um, I thought that movie was absolutely mind-blowing. I thought, wow, this is what moving pictures could do. They can inspire, they can um, make people feel things that they probably wouldn't have um, 
in a while. And so, yeah, I, I've have been in love with movies ever since. And it's, I consider it to be my second language at this point. Awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, really building up that Tron legacy case, which, uh, yeah, I think kind of yeah. like speed racer, I think has really found its footing and people really admire yeah. that movie. At this I point. think, I think when people realize, when people realize, Oh, Tron legacy exists because not many people, uh, people, a lot of people forget about it and it sucks because it is such, in my opinion, I think the 2000s and the early 2010s of Disney is probably my favorite period because it's at their point when they're, they're at their most risk taking mm. and, uh, at when they're at their most bold, uh, like we got John Carter in 2013 and say what you want about that movie. But I think, um, it is that last kind of glimmer of Disney's little life cycle that we i was just very excited for a new big and gonzo blockbuster from them and i will still defend the, the pirates movies uh till kingdom come except except for the new ones the trilogy i will defend um my whole heart because i think they're just so great i'll defend the first two for you with you but yeah yeah, yeah. no way you can get me to defend at world's yeah. end <laughs> That is a bloated mess, and <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That is completely fair. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I know you're definitely not alone. And oh, man, Curse of the Black Pearl is one of the best Disney movies. Oh, I've actually Disney absolutely! Movies. It's I think, ridiculous how good it is. Oh yeah, there's the there's the score. I think without Gore Verbinski's direction behind those movies, you don't. There's nothing there. I think uh, Gore Verbinski is the only director to possibly do that, especially with how well he does with costume design and just set the, and production design. Um, he just absolutely goes so over the top. I think Johnny Depp is Jack Sparrow. He, like he, like even the new ones, he still like saves them all. Um, sure. But yeah, I love those movies. Yeah, and we will actually talk about Pirates of the Caribbean later. Fun tease. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, cool. Uh, and I, I'm happy that you also like. I think everybody has that one movie that they really realize, like, oh, movies are my thing. Um, mm. Or to me, it's not a movie; but it's a person who really made me realize, like, oh, movies are my thing. Um, and so I'm glad that you you also had an example. Um, a lot of people, it's Star Wars, but you know, yeah. there's a reason for that. Mm. <laughs> uh, so then, what's your favorite movie of all time? But specifically, like, what makes that movie beyond excellent? Um, so I'm in the middle of a tie. Actually, uh, if, for those who have read the Speed Racer piece, I placed that as one of my favorite, as probably my favorite movie. Uh, if it's a, it's a tie between that and Eternal Sunshine, The Spotless Mind. Uh, mm. The reason why uh, for Speed Racer, it's not only because it the I consider it to be the level of passion that Speed has for racing is the is the passion I have for movies. He considers it to be a religion, kind of a drug at that point, and that's why I think about for movies, and I also think thematically about you know being independent and this large consumerist corporation taking over is kind of huge and i think it's also the evolution of uh sounds and um visual effects and just moving pictures just coming to a complete uh kind of like a mobius strip uh working together um it's just so perfect to me and i love the wachowskis for it um eternal sunshine uh for me it's just a personal movie that i hold so dearly a lot of my uh it, like a lot of my uh, inner problems come with that uh, are seen through that movie. And it's mm -hmm. just really, and I think Jim Carrey is just so well put. I think in my opinion, he's my favorite male performance ever because he completely, he, I think if there's one person I would say um, is my, my life on screen, it is uh, Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine. I just love that movie to pieces. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a sneaky, good, like maybe somebody's favorite movie of all time. And like, mm -hmm. So if, if you've seen the movie, then, yeah, I mean, when somebody says Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, you're like, I, I could definitely see that. Um, yeah. Like, it's, I, I think it's like 23. For, uh, yeah. 
it's it's really high up there because it's mm-hmm. you're you're absolutely right. It's just brilliant. Mm-hmm. I can't speak to Speed Racer because I still just haven't seen it yet. And I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not a big racing person, so I, I just don't I think know if I'm going to. But I think for Speed Racer, it is if you enjoy the Fast and Furious movies but want a little bit more of a childhood whimsical taste to it i can i tell people when people are like oh what is speed race i, I said pretty much take the the newer fast and furious movies especially fast the fast and the fears the fourth one or fast five take that but dump uh a lot of pips, pixie sticks and just uh, and <laughs> dr- and drown it in show and soda because it's pretty much uh fast and furious meets sugar um and nice. with just a little bit of, of roger rabbit like a reverse roger rabbit <laughs> Yeah, man, look, I'll talk about the Fast and Furious movies like, in two weeks with Frank, but uh, man, I kind of love and hate those all of those movies. Me too. <laughs> with, Me with, too. One, with, with one or two exceptions. I think one or two of them are actually really good, but yeah. it's that weird balance of like, I kind of love them, but I'm not interested in more of them. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So, uh, cool. Hey, well, before we get on to the next question, this is one that I meant to throw in there. And uh, and this is just me. And, like, don't take offense to this, but, like, what percentage of a troll are you? Because, like, <laughs> when I first mm. looked at your letterbox, I 100% thought you were a troll. <laughs> but, like, it's just, it's just everybody's movie taste is so different and eclectic. And, like, I love that. And I love how, like, Speed Racer, even though it's a movie that's pretty critically panned, especially back when it came out like might be somebody's favorite movie and that's awesome but then i looked and like man, like matrix revolutions you think is the best of the trilogy and like again no shame like love what you love but i'm just like how, how, how much of a troll are you okay so <laughs> so i actually really love this question so all right so i i okay i am not a troll i i honestly speak from opinion uh but the reason why i started this series is because people said like man are you an actual troll for thinking <laughs> resident evil retribution is like one of the best movies of the decade i'm like no i genuinely think it's like it, as someone who is a big video gamer i honestly think it's the movie that describes like video games uh and so i like again i am i am not a troll like there are some movies that like because people toss around this term vulgar tourism it's basically taking filmmakers not been seen in the limelight but take them into like and kind of see like okay this is what they're doing with a story and like kind of okay so like the i'll give an example transformers movies love them or hate them as much as you want personally i think they're fine i think you know some of them are better than others um i think those i think those movies are just michael bay making movies for himself and not for an audience sure uh and like that's pretty much my uh take on that same with i have a lot of to say about rob zombie i you know my teaser my next piece would love to be h2 halloween 2 um so uh yeah i have a lot to say about different filmmakers i think it's just things that people don't really uh they look upon and a lot of the times they're just bandwagon on the hate like i am a huge m night Shyamalan defender but i kind of don't except for last airbender i don't see why (laughs) because uh, of course we have to bring up the the elephant in the room um but yeah i i think it's funny when people are like man what taste do you have it's so chaotic um and i like i i just have just really crazy taste and it's it's funny well that was just the weirdest thing because like at first i thought oh this guy's a troll but then like the more i started reading your reviews i was like no this guy's actually just a really eclectic 
diverse yeah. just lover of movies and like i i was figured in uh and was hoping he, and that's why i also yeah. prefaced the question with like don't take offense yeah. to this but like, no i don't take no i don't take offense to it but it was like, you know, <laughs> I, I genuinely believe you're not a troll but like it's just really interesting that somebody would have something like in your favorites of all time list resident evil retribution and rob zombies halloween 2 mm-hmm. but also eternal sunshine the spotless mind and tree of life like what a weird (laughs) yeah i my uh my friend said um he said no one has much weirder taste than uh than i do because i will have resident evil retribution in my list but i'll also have stop making sense the the talking heads movie yeah it's you go go from zero to 100 so quickly well and you know there's something to admire about that because like as much as i love movies um there will never be a horror movie in my top probably 50 right Hmm. um it's definitely nothing like rob zombies halloween 2 and Hmm. you know like i'm kind of a defender of matrix revolutions i kind of really like that one um Hmm. i don't mind the sequels but i didn't see any of them until probably 10 years after the sequels had come Hmm. out so like i didn't have that initial attachment to the first being revelatory and like it is for sure um you know but i I don't know. I just, I guess without a lot of baggage, it yeah. didn't wind up. Yeah. Cool. Um, so then how the, the, the money making question, how did you get involved in writing for Sif Pop? So, uh, so originally when Blake was involved uh, and he did his podcast, I said, yo, your podcast is really good. Um, and then he texted me out of the blue on Instagram. He said, Hey, I'm making this website uh, called Sif Pop. Would love for you to write for us. And I said, yes, absolutely. So there, and then I haven't really been writing for a little bit because uh, just school and all of that. And I kind of felt bad because I wanted to uh, for a long time. And then I, then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I, I'm gonna just you know keep writing for that because because I, I liked the you know the, everyone. I just welcomed me with open arms, and they uh, they seem to be I guess liking my stuff. So well, so why not um, continue writing? So yeah. yeah. It's really, it's really cool. Um, I love, you know, we just brought on something like 13 new writers. Um, I saw that. Yes. And like, it's awesome, but like, it's also super cool because I feel like maybe you can attest to this the best, but I feel like what you put in to the Sif Pop community is what you're going to get out. So there are people that just write for the BEC and don't, you know, aren't inactive in our Slack chat or aren't active on Twitter or things like that. And like, I, I feel like they might feel isolated for a little, for a lot, but like, I was really telling all these new writers, like you will get out of this, what you put into it. And mm. if you put in the time, then I think you're going to find this movie community. Cause that's what inspired me to start this podcast was mm. just forming connections because of being involved uh, in, in right. other writers life. And I would consider a lot of the writers like personal friends at this point, mm. um, you know, even though we're all across the country and like, nobody is yeah. close to me, but yeah. I, Jake's pretty close, but um, like, it's just, I've met so many of them and right. like, even in real life, like it's, it's, a, it's just really awesome um, to see that. So yeah. Um, cool. I, I, had, I just, I also had no idea because uh, you know, when you started writing, it was just like, here's this new guy. And it's like, how I'm always, I'm always wondering how, right. It's like that same, yeah. it's the yeah, same thing kind of like when you, when you hear an obscure rule and you're like, all right, there's a story here. So. Yeah, of course. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so then one silly question for you uh, before we get on, move on. So something not movie related. And uh, the question is, how many pancakes can you eat in one sitting? And like, look, pancakes mm. could be all sorts of different sizes. You got your small yeah. little nickel size ones and you got your pancakes the size of vinyl records. We're going to say like a standard IHOP short stack. How many, um, how many pancakes can mm. you eat in one sitting? Okay. So uh, of course the child I am, I like the, I like chocolate chip pancakes. Obviously. Yeah. Um, hmm. About two or three, about two or three. 
two or three. Yeah, two or three. Okay. Depending depending on the day. Yeah, I would like say if, two or three. If you give me just pancakes, I feel like I could put down probably five or six of them. Um, oh wow. But, okay. But the problem is, like, I don't want. Well, there's there's two things. That one is the problem is I don't want just pancakes. Like when I go to IHOP, mm-hmm. I get a sample. I want some eggs. I want some toast. I want some right. bacon. I want some appetizers with yeah, it. Yeah, I, I want a full breakfast platter, or I want a mm-hmm. skillet. Um, yeah. And if pancakes are part of that, then right on. But yeah, um, but there's that. But the other thing is like I, I have Crohn's disease, and okay. when I was when I was growing up, it really didn't affect me until college. But then when it hit me for seven years. I had absolutely no appetite and would have to force myself to, oh, and wow. it would be like, you know, one, um, one and a half, maybe meals yeah. a day, um, light meals a day. And so like I could eat one pancake and that would fill me for a while, but like, oh wow. I've gotten treated now and I've gained 130 pounds since starting <laughs> my new treatment. And so like yeah. now I can, I can put back pancakes and yeah. I've got seven years of bad eating habits and that's, that's, that's how you, that's how you gain 130 pounds in two years. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So, you know, and also like what, at what point in my life are we talking? But uh, I feel like today if I'm hungry, um, we, if, you know, if we go to Denny's, you know, like two in the morning or whatever, like, I feel like I could put down probably five or six. Oh, wow. Very cool. Very cool. Cool. And yeah, chocolate chip, if if, if that's an option too. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Big fan of chocolate chip. Always. Um, Actually, for for my work, we were doing like pancakes a lot recently and like just setting up a pancake, pancakes at our our space and being like from um, from we did uh, 9 to 11.30 p.m. on Thursday nights. Okay. We're just having pancakes and like our space is right next to all these bars. So like people either going to or coming from the bars, like man, like a pancake just sounds amazing. And yeah. So like you, you work, you learn to tweak the recipe. If you're next time you're making pancakes, okay. add, add a splash of Sierra mist to the batter because, okay. because like the lemon lime soda, specifically like a light Sierra mist, like just really, um, really lightens them up, makes them a little okay. fluffier. Uh, sure. It's great. Also try butterscotch chips in pancakes. Okay, I'll give that so mine. There's your there's your pancake uh, one hundred three. Yeah. yeah, cool, awesome. Uh, well, I think that just about does it. So you ready to talk about some movies? Of course, of course. Cool. Well, let's talk about movies we know nothing about, or at least little about. Yeah. Um, you want to start with Fatherhood or Luca? Um, let's do Luca. Let's do Luca. Uh, Luca is uh, the new Pixar movie, and it's uh, starring Jacob Tremblay and uh, a couple other people that we'll talk about later for sure. Uh, this is coming out on Disney Plus, uh, but a weird release strategy. I don't know why it's coming out exclusively to Disney Plus, so no theatrical release, at least as far as I'm aware. Um, and it's not going to be premiere access, so it's just free with the Disney Plus subscription. Same thing they did with Soul, and I have no idea why. Rationally, I I, I don't understand it because. They have a money pot. Exactly. Like, and Especially like, with Corella with just releasing just last week. Well, and Corella doing the, you know, whole premiere access and theaters. Like, mm. theaters are back. A quiet, like, A Quiet Place made, like, $40 million just yeah. in Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, like, without Memorial Day itself, like... Yeah movie theaters are back and like even if you want to do like we'll release it free on disney plus and in the theaters like they could still make 10 million this weekend, right? i think i think i was i was so when hbo max was doing that whole like they announced like oh we're doing in theaters and hbo max mm-hmm. i was waiting for disney to do the same not to the premiere access but just like or like if they want to um but wait i was waiting for them to say okay they're gonna do theaters and uh and disney plus uh, you know at sure. some point um i was like all right so they're gonna do it at, like on disney plus do it for the a holiday weekend it'll be fine 
was kind of mad because Soul would have been awesome in theaters, especially with that opening. I was very, yeah. I was very mad. I was very mad. I watched it on a projector, and I was like, I would still would love it. If this was on uh, on theaters. Anyway, I think it sucks for uh, Luca because I get more as much as I'm very mixed on Disney as a whole with what they have been making on sequels and things like that. Um, I still keep in touch with uh, what I still want to look into what Pixar is doing because mm-hmm. after Toy Story 4, they said, oh, we're doing all of our original stuff. And I think that's great because it gives filmmakers a chance to make something original and something that's that we don't really see for Disney nowadays. Um, sure. And it's great. Um, I'm really uh, looking forward to Luca. I think Luca looks great. It looks like a really cute and uh, fun movie. And plus the animation style looks very different. And I'm very excited for what they have to do with that. Yeah, so if you had to put this on a scale, like let's say hypothetically this is going to be a theatrical release, and let's say that, you know, um, let's hypothetically, we're not worried about COVID, anything like that, you mm-hmm. know, like at least here in the US, vaccines are pretty rolled out. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like I have to keep making this clarification, but at least, you know, for the time being, like let's say this is 2018, right? And there was not a care in the world, mm-hmm. um, and this was coming straight to theaters. How how would you feel about uh, Luca? Would you make sure you go opening night, uh, opening weekend, wait for a discount? count night um wait to um rent it at home uh wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for or it's not interested in seeing um opening weekend because i because for me just pixar movies on opening night i've tried and it's just it's too much screaming from little kids and i can't deal with it uh when i did that with toy story 4 i had to see it twice because of that uh but still opening weekend um but uh it was i still think it is fun to see, uh, I think, out of all Disney movies to see in theaters, I think Disney Pixar ones are the coolest because you get to see like like little kids like kind of inspire, get inspired by like the animation style. I was kind of inspired by the animation style, especially on the filmmaking aspects for Toy Story 4 because it looked stunning. It looked absolutely beautiful. And I think Luca with its like, you know, tropical, like not tropical, but just its warm setting of Italy is yeah. really cool. It's really nice. So I, I would probably see it opening weekend if this was, look, you know. Look, you, you add Pixar to anything and it's gonna make me see it you know even yeah. cars too right yeah um <laughs> but uh but I, I, something about this just isn't clicking with me um and i and i, and I, don't, I don't know why i can't pinpoint it because everything about this says sure um it, you know pixar is great um so there's that and uh, and the, the cast you know, I already mentioned jacob tremblay who is for sure in the conversation for the best like under 15 actors yeah of course uh, working today and you have maya rudolph in there who's of course one of the funniest females uh working yes uh and jim gaffigan who was one of the funniest comedians out there. yes uh, i'll talk about him more later too but um I, I i don't know off the top of my head any of the people behind the team but I, I, maybe maybe it's the animation um it, it, it does look unique but it also kind of looks like something that you might see on like like super Y, like it looks kind of yeah. similar to that. Like something yeah. might be on like boomerang yeah. and like, maybe it just feels a little too childish for me. Um, and like, not that there's anything wrong with children's movies. Children's movies can be incredible. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't, nothing about this, nothing about this screams Pixar to me. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm just going to land at a matinee. Cause again, you know, I, I wasn't even excited for uh, onward because I'm just not a I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons person, uh, and even though the voice casting I think was incredible um, and the animation looked great, I was just like, mm. I, it's not quite grabbing me. And I really liked Onward, so yeah. I, I feel like I'll have the same experience. Realistically, I'm seeing this Friday or Saturday because yeah. it's going to be free in my home. Exactly. Um, and sure, I would like the man teasing all the things that we'll talk about later, but um, there are definitely movies that. 
are releasing simultaneous on HBO Max that I am going to the theaters to Me see. Too. Like, Me because too. how do you not see Godzilla vs Kong on the biggest possible screen? And like, I, wa- I watched on HBO Max, and I was, and, I, and when I saw that uh, that big ship battle, I was like, man, I wish I saw this in theaters. Right, right. And like, look, and and I know that Denis Villeneuve has been pretty outspoken about like you have to go see Dune in the theater. And it's like, look, people that care are right like you know nobody's nobody's choosing to watch dune at nobody nobody that like is a big movie fan is choosing to watch dune at home unless they have a really great setup mm-hmm. um you know and i have a fine setup but like it's nowhere near at imax so oh yeah i'm gonna oh, yeah. go see dune and imax it's just yeah. gonna happen so like exactly. you know like as much as i understand and sympathize i'm also yeah. kind of like you know maybe chill out but yeah. um yeah I, I i'm not sure um how much more i could say I, I don't know i just something about it i can't quite pinpoint just yeah. isn't, isn't speaking that's fair that's fair um for me it's just i i i've been seeing a trend with more pixar movies of just being like oh about like a, a connection and i kind of like that onward mm-hmm. i thought it was fine i thought it was pretty good um I think uh, as much as I have I have problems with the overabundance of Tom Holland and Chris Pratt as of le- recent, I thought they were pretty good. Um, as, but I think I as much as I'm not huge into the fantasy genre, uh, I watched it because of that whole brother connection. I kind of it, it struck I struck a chord to that. It took me yeah. personally. Um, so I, I thought Honor was pretty good. I think I, I I'm hearing great things about Luca, and I'm pr- I'm fairly sure this will probably be like a surprise, of the, I guess a surprise of the summer for a lot of people, but who knows? Who knows? Well, and one of the other things too is I think Pixar has done such an incredible job at bringing up people, um, mm-hmm. not just like grabbing people, you know, even like like Marvel has done that, like just taking, and, and I think Marvel's done a great job at taking actors or directors that you, but both really, that you wouldn't expect to see in a film like theirs, um, like you know, hiring Chloe Zhao for Eternals, or hiring mm-hmm. Peyton Reed, who was a nobody, to do Ant Man and mm-hmm. um uh name slip it on me but the the guy that did spider-man uh homecoming like and was a perfect choice like yeah. um you know, I th- but 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 pixar has like a farming system where you come in and you're a name by the time that you're attached to something so right i mentioned that i didn't really know these people but enrico casarosa is the director yeah. of this and he is probably most he, he's been on the art department for coco and up and ratatouille and oh, ice wow. age and robots like Dude's got a career already, yeah. and he directed and wrote the short La Luna that came out on Disney Plus. Oh yeah, I think. okay. Or at least it's available on Disney Plus. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. So, um, so I, I really like that. Uh, Mike Jones writing on this, also writer for Soul and uh, okay. additional crew on Toy Story Four, Incredibles Two, Coco, The Wind Rises. Um, so oh, the, that's pretty impressive. Miyazaki and hey, th- special. Special special thanks on the uh, the original Blair Witch Project, which I know is also in your favorite. Yeah. Uh, yes, and then uh, yes. and then Jesse Andrews, who doesn't really have. Um, I, I've heard of this movie though. Uh, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. He wrote the screenplay. I've heard of it too. It, lo- it looks pretty good. I, I've I, never. I, I yeah, I've not seen. Uh, so like, there's an incredible like cast behind here uh, or crew behind here mm-hmm. that uh, I don't know. It's just it's just not striking me, but it's Pixar. So yeah. Do you have yeah. any other notes? Do you want to talk about fatherhood? Uh, let's talk about fatherhood. Cool. Uh, also, should be noted uh, June 18th on Disney Plus. Uh, same with Fatherhood, although this is coming to Netflix. So June 18th on Netflix. Uh, my guess is that this is going to be one of those that like Netflix likes to do indie movie or indie theaters play their movies for a week or so. Yeah, like they did um, with uh, Trial of Chicago Seven and, and uh, uh, Army, Army of the, of the Dead. Dead. 
Yeah. I saw Army of the Dead in theaters and with uh and I got to see Zack Snyder. So it was it was great. Awesome. Yeah, I saw yeah. Army of the Dead in theaters too, and I th- I think that's why I liked it a lot more than most people. But yeah. Um yeah. I would I think I would hate watching that movie at home. Yeah, me too. Uh, anyway, uh so Fatherhood coming out. I'm sure it's gonna be in some theaters, but it'll be on Netflix widely available June eighteenth. Uh this is uh starring Kevin Hart. Synopsis is a father brings up a baby girl as a single dad after the unexpected death of his wife, who died a day after their daughter's birth. Um so um gosh, let's start let's start with the scale. Um again, if this could be the theatrical all that opening weekend discount night rent at home streaming service you already pay for or not interested i would say rent at home because okay. i'm a bit mixed on kevin hart as of recent i've seen the trailer for this it did catch my interest because i was like okay kevin hart doing kind of like dramatic stuff i'm kind of interested in that because i thought he was pretty good in that movie with um brian cranston um they did a while ago yeah i thought he was pretty good um, so I, I just, uh, not a fan of him as a, like comedy wise. I think he's just kind of too loud and he does the same stuff over, but I do enjoy the director's other movies. I do like, uh, American pie quite a bit, even though it has not aged the best. Um, I think, uh, there's some funny moments to there. I think this, uh, has, well, is a perfect movie for Netflix because, uh, it is, a, it's a family movie. It'll, it's a human, it's a human drama. It'll probably tie with families, um, you know, mostly with, uh, adult families. Um, sure. So, uh, man, I never thought I'd be more excited for a Kevin Hart Netflix movie than a Pixar movie, but I think I'm an opening weekend for this. I, really? I, something about it just grabbed me. Um, and I'm not a dad. I don't plan on being a dad. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily have a great relationship with my dad. Like, it's fine, you know, but yeah. um, like nothing, nothing bad, you know, yeah. or anything like that. It's just neutral, I'd say. So, like, father son stuff typically doesn't get me. Um, and, and I, I don't know, something about this just looks special. And I, I, I don't know, uh, Kevin Hart looks like he's doing his great. And I never saw the upside because I figured if I actually want to see the story, I'll see the untouchables, in- which yeah. I want to, um, it's just really hard to get. Um, yeah. and, uh, and like, I'm real, I really want to see that movie and I'd rather just watch that. Um, yeah. but, um, I, I, I am so, you said you're mixed on Kevin Hart. I am. Yeah. The- opposite of mixed or not opposite of mixed i am farther than mixed i don't like kevin hart yeah um i've never liked his stand-up um all he does like, is, all he does is shout obscenities that's it yeah yeah and um and i think he's an okay actor i think he's fine in some of those roles like you know mm-hmm. when he's in hobbs and shaw um th- that's a fine and like you know when you get little two or three minute clips of him like that's about all i can tolerate yeah um, he's, he's fine in some movies, but he's never going to be the thing to, to bring me to a movie. And, um, and he looks like he's going to give a really good performance here. Um, yeah. this looks sweet and touching and a, a lot of me just is, ex- thinks this is a, this is great. And we're also, you know, talking other cast too, besides Kevin Hart, but like, um, this has, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, I gotta find his name because, uh, where are you at? Um, he's not in the top cast for INDB, but it's, it's the guy who plays, um, the, the like Russian in Barry, one of the Russians in Barry. Oh, oh, um, so oh my God. I can't think of his name. Um, Jesus. Um, oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, Noho Hank from Barry. Yes, Noho Hank from Barry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I can't, uh, can't remember the guy, the actor's name. And I am just so disappointed. Something, something Kerrigan. Um, um, Anthony Kerrigan, does that sound yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't, I still haven't gotten to him in the list. Uh, yeah. Anthony Kerrigan. Yeah. He's awesome in Barry. Yeah. Uh, and he's been in some other stuff that, that he's been fine in. Uh, and then, yeah. uh, Lil Rel Holly also, also in this. Um, okay. 
I like him too. So yeah, uh, I, something about this movie just I, look. I don't think I would go to a theater to see this, but the fact yeah. that it's coming to Netflix is a lot more convenient. Yeah, and so like you know, this is the difference between the anticipation level and realistically, because like anticipation, like I'm really excited to see this, but realistically, I don't ever see. I wouldn't see myself going to see this in a theater. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm probably gonna check it out. Um, yeah, maybe not before. Too. Maybe not before Luca, but. Uh, surely soon yeah um, unless it gets bombarded with bad reviews but yeah who knows who knows at this point yeah i don't i don't i don't have any other notes again just something something about luca's not sitting right with me and something about fatherhood is and i can't yeah. define either of them yeah that's fair so, um yeah um yeah. any I, i'm out <laughs> yeah i'm out too i'm out too Cool. Uh, well, then we did it. So both of those come into streaming services uh, this weekend, uh, June 18th, um, coming out. So, um, yeah, um, to me, we both at least were like, sure, I'm interested in checking that out. Yeah, yeah. It's a good week for movies then. The, the, summer's, the summer movie season's coming back slowly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's really – it's it's just crazy how stacked the coming attractions are exactly. for, for the rest of the year because, like, yeah. there are so many movies that I feel like we have to talk about. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cool. Well, let's talk about the SIF topic. Let's move on there and we'll talk about um, TV catch up this week. So a couple guided questions, but really uh, that's it. So let's start off with, uh, you know, I, I always ask this question first, but what subscriptions do you have just because like I don't pay for Showtime, Cinemax, I probably never will. So yeah. like you'll never hear me talk about Ray Donovan, which is yeah. a shame from what I hear, but yeah. I just, I'm not going to pick up Showtime or Cin- yeah. I already can't pick up too yeah. much. But, so what's, what's kind of the pool that you have to pull from? Um, HBO Max for sure. Um, in my opinion, uh, I think it's the best streaming service. Yes. Right now, uh, I think HBO Max is the best streaming service uh, because it combines both the both of what makes Netflix and Hulu so great and combines it. Um, speaking of that, I also have Hulu and Netflix. Um, I also I have I had Showtime for a brief bit um, for my favorite show of all time, uh, but that's uh, a brief bit. Um, and then. Disney Plus, I do, I do have because my siblings do love it and they do like to rewatch classic Disney Channel shows, which I which is understandable because there are some that I do too. Um, yeah, but but that's that's pretty much it. Cool. Um, well, let's uh, you know, let's start off with that favorite show of all time. Then, yeah, this um, is normally a last question, but what what is that? It, it's HBO's Watchmen for me, absolutely. Okay, I, that's that's I love that. I love I love Watchmen. Watchmen is yeah. amazing. Um, for me. It's uh, as someone who is diehard David Lynch fan, Twin Peaks. Uh, Twin Peaks, is, like I think, in my opinion, Twin Peaks: The Return is probably my favorite thing to come out of the last decade. Um, Storytelling wise, I think it's absolutely flawless. It is a slow burn. It like it is a slow burn uh, with a capital slow. Um, but <laughs> but I don't think I've ever felt more satisfied in my life uh, than watching Part 18 because it is 18 parts, but people consider it to be a movie. I'm in that wheelhouse for a little bit, but I can also see why people say it's just a TV show. Um, but I think uh, Twin Peaks just perfectly encapsulates everything I love in film. Uh, just the work, weird quirkiness of just a small town um, with just really funny out of context moments. Um, and then there, it's not afraid to go serious and talk about trauma and talk about, uh, you know, the horrors of, you know, your spoiler but your father being the killer um, and, and things like that. So it's a very, it's a very good show. I, I recommend it to pretty much everyone, even though you kind of shouldn't, because it's a really complex show to recommend. Um, I do, I do tell people to give it a chance because I, it does uh, catch a spark with a lot of people. 
Yeah, I I had a roommate living with me right about the time the return was happening, and mm-hmm. so they so he was watching all the original stuff. I think for the second time or mm-hmm. third time, and uh, you know, leading up to the return. And um, man, something something about the show like I I haven't seen it, yeah. and I, I I don't know that I'm going to. Um, yeah. but I I think I am interested at some point. But it's just like yeah. at some point, like you have to say there unless you dedicate to tv and pretty much mm-hmm. exclusively tv there are going to be shows that you're just going to be have to be okay with not watching oh yeah um, absolutely and, and i think this falls in that category for me to be like you know i think my life is still going to be complete without twin peaks <laughs> in it and without you know ray donovan in it and without yeah. handmaiden's tale in it and things like yeah. that like i think i'm okay because i have a other million stuff, other shows, other right? To prioritize on, and and also like as a fan of movies and video games too. Like, there's only a certain amount of time, yeah, you know, that you can't you can't dedicate to everything. So, yeah, um, interesting, cool. Um, so then, what's uh, what are some things that you've been uh, been watching recently? Um, recently, I did watch the first episode. Uh, I'm not sure if the second episode came out for, but for Loki, um, as yes. someone who is uh kind of mixed on the MCU being a TV, like adding having been TV show, WandaVision, I am really mixed on. I don't think it's as it's great moments are in the beginning, but kind of it falls a little flat towards the end. Um, I watched halfway of Falcon and Winter Soldier and just said this is just like the MCU solo. Like I wouldn't really the world wouldn't really matter if I watched the full season. But um, I, as someone who's kind of had a little bit of issues with the MCU recently, I was a really surprised on how much I enjoyed Loki for it being kind of creative visually. And while I do think the script was a bit of a mess, um, I think the acting by Tom Hilston and Owen Wilson are surprisingly great. <laughs> right. I, I, I was like, wow, Owen Wilson. Okay. I like, you know, I like, listen, like Owen Wilson has not been in anything in a, a while. So I was like interested to see what he was. in. I mean, someone said, all right, if you brought Brendan Fraser in, you would have my, you'd have me in a seat full, no questions asked, but you know, Owen Wilson, great choice. Um, he was fine. I was interested in what was going on. I think the show was a bit too long for an opening episode. Cause I'm just used to it being 30 minutes, but I was, I thought it was entertaining. I, I, mean, I you know, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier were an hour. But... Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, and look, as somebody who liked the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but definitely can understand, like you're really not missing much by the second. I, I think there's some really good thematic stuff, mm-hmm. um, specifically with Sam wrestling with donning the stars and stripes as a black person. Um, I think there's some really good stuff in there. Um, but it, the, I, I believe um, that the show involved a subplot of a of chemical warfare from something that originated in China and Mm. they completely cut it for obvious reasons. And I think it's absolutely the right choice, Mm. but the problem is they're left with a show that really feels like you had a subplot that completely got cut. Exactly, um, and so what should have been a twelve-episode series got reduced to six, and uh, um, I, th- I think that in character arcs got way rushed and things like exactly. that. Yeah. Um, so I totally understand the meh to Falcon yeah. and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, and I am one hundred percent on on Loki. I think this is. I think this is really awesome. I don't. I, I loved WandaVision. I think it mm-hmm. was thematically brilliant and artistically really interesting. And um, just from a character perspective, I loved taking a deep dive into this and how WandaVision wasn't a TV show. It was a therapy session. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I really appreciated that. And I, um, uh, I I like how Loki tried to... My, my biggest concern was Loki has turned from an antagonist to a protagonist 
throughout yeah. the course of the MCU. But when this takes place, we're talking right after peak antagonist, which is the end of Avengers. Yeah. There hasn't been his arc in Thor The Dark World or Ragnarok or Infinity War yet. It's a completely different character. My my fear was they were going to rush this character into likable. Um, and I think they probably still did do that, rush him into... Um, putting him back to where we left off with him, with him being a protagonist. But I appreciated the way that they did that. Um, And I appreciated the way that they kind of brought out, it felt like a therapy session again, where they're like, why are you really attacking people? And yeah. and kind of getting to the core of him, and when you when you finally um, when you and I don't feel bad about saying any of this. By the time this episode drops, it will have been a week aired. That's kind of my kind of my yeah. thing, and there'll be a new episode to watch. Yeah, um, but uh, but but having that um, that dynamic, I thought was really interesting, and it just it just worked for me. There's no better yeah. way to say that it just worked. Um, so. Uh, the biggest thing to me about the show, you, right? Hilston is great. Owen Wilson's great. A lot of the supporting cast is terrific in this. The the thing that stood out to me the most is how excellent the score is. Yeah, I think for me, my biggest problem with the MCU, also um, not only visually, I think some of it. Uh, when I, I think my biggest problem with the Eternals uh, trailer was that they said they were hyping up to the, for the visuals to be like incredible for me i just thought it was kind of underwhelming um i was and same with the score uh for a lot of the mc movies i just feel like they've been kind of lackluster and just like there's nothing it's just standard hans zimmer-esque score but with nothing to back it up well and with Uh, your occasional guardians of the galaxy incredible score exactly exactly um i was kind of surprised at how much i really dug the score around here um very very different uh from they i think this uh, show in the MCU is kind of like okay, a lot. It's like a lot of the criticisms criticism I have for the MCU, but let's make something that I would I, like. I, I would enjoy. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed. I think visually, it's the best out of all like all of the MCU shows. I think it's one of the best MCU projects visually. Um, I think it's just really cool what it's, what they're doing with it. Yeah, yeah, and. Man, what's, what's weird, I just you know raved about the score. I think this is my favorite score of the MCU so <laughs> far. Uh, but also, like, it, you know, at least if th- this is a taste of what's to come. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't care at all for the main theme, which is weird. Yeah, me neither. I think it, it, it's just kind of a nothing theme. But, like, yeah. there, the moments that uh, that Loki is going through his past and the score that's back, it's, it's, it's really good. I feel like I could watch the show, like, just close my eyes and just listen yeah. to it. And that yeah. would be a treat. Mm. So, uh, that was the main thing I wanted to say. Yeah. I, yeah. but I, I definitely needed to make sure I watched it before we started recording. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously I watched it, you know, yeah. not today, but, <laughs> um, uh, cause you know, I don't want to be spoiled on anything. Of so. course. Of course. Um, yeah, uh, that's, I, that's all the shows that I've been, uh, watching for right now. Cause I've been mostly, uh, watching movies and catching up on shows that I have not seen cause sure. I'm, because I'm terrible at binging TV shows. Uh, it has to be a show to really grab me in order for me to binge it. Um, so True. Oh, also the thing about the, the Loki show, the other thing, that D.B. Cooper joke was hilarious. It was very funny. It was very funny. I was like, okay. That, I, I, was, I was like, all right. That's, I, was, I was laughing because I was like, wow, the, the MCU at, like actually following like real events. That's actually funny. Well, and it was in such a clever way. And I was like, yeah. Okay, like yeah, that, that really got me. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Um, gosh, uh, man, there are some weeks that I feel like I have nothing to talk about because of TV. Just like you're like, I'm yeah. just playing too many video games or I'm watching too many yeah. movies, and like that's mm. totally okay. Yeah. A lot of the times, these TV catch ups just aren't aren't people's bag, and that's fine. Yeah. But um, let's see. Uh, the Mighty Ducks Game Changers finished, and I wrote a review for Sif Pop for that because um, I really like this show. I think I hear it's fun. I hear it's a lot of fun. 
It is, are you a fan of the original movies? I like I like the original movies. I've seen the first one. Uh, I haven't seen the other ones. I think the first one is good. I think I think uh, Emilio Estevez is really good. Um, sure, but I think it's a I think it's a fun like kids movie. Um, yeah, I hear the I hear the show is a lot of fun. It's 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 crazy um, because like it, it's it's thirty minutes episodes and there's ten episodes okay. and so you get six hours and mm. like that's or five hours and. Man, I, I I was kind of worried, but and there are definitely some things that fall into like this. Definitely feels like Disney Channel original show from like the Hannah Montana days, mm-hmm. like with its humor or its attempted drama. Or, but like it's acted well. I care about the characters, but they're also not just oh, this is new Goldberg and this is new Avermid and this is new yeah. Char- like they're they're their own characters. I and I really think it sticks the landing. Um, I don't think it's been renewed yet, but yeah, I want I want more. Yeah, so. Um, I would I would recommend check it out and look for a five hour commitment. It, it ain't much. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, I, I I just really think it stuck the landing. Yeah. And there are definitely some moments that are cheesy and whatnot. And yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. And uh, and I'll talk about the other Disney Plus show that is kind of current. Uh, I'm watching the Bad Batch, and I hear it's pretty good. I've been hearing pretty good things about it. It it really is. And I was checking out some of the reviews uh, to see. Because I feel like it's a show that not a lot of people are talking about necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but part of that is you got Loki out, and you got um, you know a bunch, just a bunch of stuff out. Mayor of East Town has dominated a lot of the conversation recently, yeah. um, which I meant to get around to uh, at least watch the first episode, but I yeah, just me too. couldn't squeeze it in. Yeah. So next next month I'll talk about yeah. it. Um, so I feel like just Bad Patch just getting overshadowed, but it's really good stuff, mm-hmm. and um, it's still going right. Or yeah, it's, it's uh, they just aired episode seven today, okay. and there's gonna be sixteen episodes. Oh wow, okay, very cool. Um, so it'll it'll go until August, but there's a uh, look. Th- this does fall into formula for episodes like two through six. Yeah, um, where it's like land on a planet, help somebody, leave said planet. Yeah, um, and like, but but that was what the Clone Wars was too, right? Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, you had variety of different. Types yeah. of characters, you had Jedi and the clones, and yeah, you know, like um, you know, Ahsoka and, yeah. and Anakin and Obi Wan, yeah. all kind of doing separate things at some points. So it's just like I, I think there's, you know, and then you occasionally have a Jar Jar or a droids episode or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think sure it's formulaic, but it's the characters, and and I think that Filo- obviously Filoni is is doing well at handling them, but yeah, um, but Wrecker's always been one of my favorites since the the introduction of the bad batch and the clone wars yeah and uh and there's an there's an introduction of a new um a new character uh her name's omega and i think she's just delightful uh, really and just yeah just really kind of pulls in a sort of humanity aspect Mm -hmm. um to the and i i'm really digging the show yeah Um, uh, and it, at least track record, it's way better than the Clone Wars. Uh, but like Clone Wars got incredible. Yeah. But you had to go through a couple seasons of crap exactly. to get there. Exa- exactly. This exactly. is just picking up right off the the, qual- the quality of like the you know the start season. of se- the final the season of Clone season. Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm really digging that. Uh, and I'll move on to an animated show that I watched all of. I watched all of Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, really, I've I've just heard about that recently because I've been I've watched Star Trek Discovery and I thought it was great. Uh, I just haven't seen. It. I just never heard of this until a couple days ago. Yeah. So 
here's my history with Star Wars. I've seen the three J.J. Abrams movies. Yeah. Or J.J. Abrams and um, whoever did the third one. Uh, um, Justin Lin? Justin Lin, yeah. Yeah. That's right. But the J.J., the Kelvin timeline, it's called. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't seen original, Next Generation, Picard, Discovery, Voyager. Yeah. And I don't really care to. Yeah. Because um, that's a lot of stuff to get it, through. It's, I know fr- I know some friends and their dads are really big into it. And I'm like, it looks like my thing. It really does. Sure. I just don't have time. <laughs> I just sure. don't have time. Well, and right. And you look back and you're like, the original show is only something like 60 episodes. But Next Generation yeah. has like 200 episodes. Yeah. And you're like, like I, if you're watching them in the background. Um, yeah. But – I don't want to. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and sure, I could pick up on Discovery, but I'm like, eh. Like, if, if there's yeah. anything I'd pick up, it'd be Picard. Yeah. Um, and just, like, watch a YouTube video of, like, everything you need to know before Picard. Yeah, like yeah. Um, but uh, but I'm, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to. But Lower Decks is just, imagine, you know, a, a, a watered-down Rick and Morty on a Star okay. Trek ship. Oh, wow. Um, about, about, like, the engineers on board. You know the non-main. You know the the people that don't spend a lot of time in the. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's what's the main part of the ship called? The the deck or the yeah the yes yeah. yeah the thing. Um, <laughs> so the bridge, the bridge. That's what it is. Yeah. Um. So it's a lot of it, it's a lot of those, and sure you have you know the captain interacts a little bit, and there's other bridge characters that mm-hmm. are pretty important in the show. But um, I'm pretty underwhelmed by this show, and and I'm so sad that I am, but uh, it. It feels like it took a little bit to hit its stride and to feel what it yeah. wanted to do. So much of it felt like just watered down Rick and Morty. Um, yeah. And and one of the writers, uh, the the showrunner, is a writer for Rick and Morty. So like, okay. I understand sense. that and I get that and I appreciate some of the like callbacks they're doing in Star Trek to like let's make a zombie episode and let's make a parasite episode and let's make you know like parasite not mm-hmm. the movie parasite but yeah. parasite like a parasite yeah um lo- lots of fun things that they're doing that way but for the most part um I, I just felt kind of underwhelmed and I was expecting you know kind of humor on the level of Rick and Morty like right. in terms of laughs per minute and I got like a good chuckle every episode right um so i i will be watching season two because i feel like the show finally hit its stride near the end of season one but yeah um i really wanted to like this show more what is it on cbs all access or am i yeah i I mean paramount plus now but yeah okay gotcha um but i i just wound up picking up the the blu-ray steelbook um, oh nice even though i have paramount plus and i i I sort of wish i just waited and watched on paramount plus but i thought I like this steel book. It's on sale and yeah, I'm going to no, like no. this show. Well, steel, and, steel books are really nice. <laughs> you, can't right. go about, you can't go about a steel book at this point. And it's like, I'm not going to get rid of the steel book, but it's just like, I am kind of underwhelmed and I don't, I don't know that I want to go back and, and watch this necessarily, uh, yeah. but maybe, maybe 10 years from now and yeah. you know, I'll have evolved and become more mature and things like yeah. that. Cause that's how, that's how age works. So yeah. Um, and I started MODOK. This is on Hulu. Oh yeah. The, the Marvel anime show. <laughs> Yeah, and gosh, I'm I'm underwhelmed with that as well. Yeah, I've I've all my friends have been watching. They said it's not it's not hitting for me yet. Well, your three main voice actors are, um, well, at least the like big name ones yeah. are um, Pat Oswalt, Bill Hader, and John Hamm. And like Bill Hader's maybe my favorite comedian working today. Yeah, same here. And I love John Hamm, and I, I love how he's kind of a chameleon, you know, because mm-hmm. he has Mad Men, and then he also has Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and then he has Baby Driver, and yeah, right, like he's he's kind of a chameleon, and he could do whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, um, I think you know, I just I don't I don't think that the show's really working for me. Um, yeah. 
but but I really want it to. And I'm going to finish out the season because it's only ten episodes. They're about twenty five right. minute piece. Mm-hmm. And I was talking with somebody who has seen most of the show, and he's like, the first two episodes really drag, and it kind of picks up. And so like, I might go to like five episodes. Yeah. If I, and if I don't feel like finishing it, then I won't. But yeah, um, I don't actively hate it or anything like that. It's just kind of okay. Um, and yeah, yeah. And Modok is such an unlikable character. And like, sure, he's a villain in the comics, but like, he's just they try to humanize him. Yeah, but right. like, they're not trying to like make him a likable human. And I don't know, maybe maybe that's where it changes. I think it's hard for like like especially Marvel to make like villains to be like you know likable people like like they try to do with Venom, uh, especially you know th- like media off the heels of Venom because they're going sure. with that story plot now and it's kind of at this point it feels very watered down because now we have Morbius and now we have talks of a Joker sequel mm-hmm. um, and I think it's just very hard and I'm not surprised that this one is just not hitting for a lot of people. Well, it's such a uniquely different thing. Uh, three things. One, it's such a uniquely different thing. Number two is that this is a Marvel show, but it's not MCU. Yeah. So it's 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 nobody that's connected with the MCU. Feige has no creative control over it. Mm-hmm. And and thirdly is like Seth Green is is I don't think he's showrunner, but he's like executive producing. I did hear about this. Yeah. And it's like feels like Robot Chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think. And I, I like Seth Green, um, yeah. but I think I think he operates the best when he does something like Robot Chicken, where yeah. you can just throw little segments, and some of them don't work, and some yeah. of them really work. Yeah. But take it and as stretch a, it out over a ten episode arc. I I don't think that's his forte. At, at Robot Chicken's best, it's like it's hilarious and probably some of the funniest uh, like sketches like animated mm-hmm. wise. At its worst, it's just background noise for me. Um, sure. And this is and this is someone who has R- Robot Chicken and Family Guy on his background noise. I, I'm a big Adult Swim fan. If you're on TikTok or the yeah, social media app TikTok, you've noticed that the Adult Swim bumper trend has been going on. Um, and I think it's probably the best thing that's ever come out recently because it's just it's it's amazing to see my child like the thing I grew up with come <laughs> back and people realize people be like, okay, we were fans too. And it's yeah. great. Yeah, and like, look, I I think Robot Chicken is you're right at its best hilarious, and at and at its worst background noise. And like, yo, that's certainly a better reputation than SNL, which mm-hmm. at its best can be classic, and at and most of the time is at its worst, which is super forgettable. But yeah. if we're talking Robot Chicken or ten minute episodes versus an hour for SNL, exactly. And like, I, I just I just don't think that it's translated well for Modoc. And look, maybe it's gonna hit its stride, um, but. Uh, you know, I, I'm just not necessarily optimistic, but I'll give it a couple more episodes yeah, to see. Exactly. Um, but yeah. anyway, um, yeah. Uh, and you, I mean, are you watching like anything else? Right. Uh, I, got, I got three more things I can talk about. Uh, I have uh, nothing else currently uh, okay. watching. I I know a lot of uh, family. A lot of my family friends are watching Mayor of Easton. They told me it's great, and I bet it is. I just have not caught up to it because I do usually like m- like movies to catch up on or miniseries to catch up on. Yeah. During like the later portion of the year because that's when I have Christmas break. Um, and I just am like, okay, like, sure. give give me all the media I forgot about and just lay it on me. I'll watch them and I'll make my lists. I'll I'll make my list of what uh of what I think is the best media to come out. Um, and all that stuff. Well, and it's also one of those things that like if you if you're on it on episode one, it's easy to stay up on it. Yeah. But nobody was talking about Mary of Easttown until episode two or three. And, exactly. You know, it's. You know, I I have to skip HBO trailers because I will watch whatever they put on there. Yeah, me too. So I have to skip it; otherwise, I'm just gonna watch it. Yeah. Um. And uh. And so I just saw Mary Beast Town. It's like okay, like 
like if it winds up being a classic, then I'll check it out. And of course it does. Uh, but like, I was even excited about the undoing because of yeah. its trailer. And then everybody was like, man, what a disappointment that was. Yeah. I'm happy that I didn't sit through it then. Yeah. So, um, um, I'll talk about the two that I, I, I want to finish with the one that I've really been wanting to talk about. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I'll, I'll give the other two first. Um, I've been just watching, oh, three guys. Uh, I've been watching, um, uh, bar rescue, mm-hmm. uh, I love this show, man. <laughs> it really? It's so good. Um, it's a Paramount original. And essentially, um, as somebody who like would consider himself like uh, a mixology enthusiast, like okay. uh, definitely very amateur, like I love trying to mix cocktails and I love um, trying to experiment with new things and I love yeah, experimenting, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and trying to find stuff that I like and that somebody else might like um i love doing that and so um bar rescue is john taffer who's like a bar scientist right uh, like a bar social scientist goes into these places that are in financial ruin and fixes them up and trains their staff and stuff like that and it's like really interesting to watch because there is a lot of that you know reality tv people yelling at each other yeah yeah there is there is a lot of that, but and I would not watch it if it were just that. But there is also a lot of like seeing how they transform the bar, and like there's a lot of times the financial issues are the owner drinks a lot, they don't maintain the place, and uh, and the bar t- staff are overpouring drinks and also you know taking free shots and giving away free drinks. It's just like yeah, yeah. Obviously, that makes sense for a recipe for disaster. But he'll be like, "I completely remodeled your place, and here's what I did." And it's like, "Holy crap! I'd go to that place." Like, yeah, yeah. And he mentions all these like reasons why, and you're like, "Like, do I have time to fly out to Las Vegas and go to this place?" And, yeah. Um, I think this season is really interesting because he's he's he lives in Las Vegas, okay. and he's and he's specifically staying in Las Vegas because and he's um, helping bars like because of covid mm-hmm. um and so like normally he goes to like these bars all over the country and all that but he's like yeah but a lot of those that were on the border have shut down because he's like, i'm going to what were thriving bars because they were in vegas yeah and i'm fixing them up while they don't really have people here and yeah. uh that's um, great it's 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 a different dynamic and i, I like this show a lot yeah uh, so um also because of bo burnham's inside I went through some of his back catalog and yeah. I watched his first Comedy Central Presents for the probably eighth time. Uh, but in trying to find that, I was scrolling through. It was like, holy crap, Like, there's a lot of really recognizable names in these. So I've been re-watching some of these uh, old Comedy Central Presents on Paramount+. Plus. And um, like Wanda Sykes is the first one ever. Okay. And, uh, and then um, Jim Gaffigan and Mitch Hedberg are in there. And um, I know I haven't gotten to like John Mulaney yet, but he's in there, and okay. Mike Birbiglia is in there, and like some of my favorite all-time comedians. So I'm just going through and like kind of picking and choosing, like, oh, I know that name, and I like yeah. that person, and it's like 20 minutes, so you can okay. do worse. Yeah, I, I need to watch more comedy specials because I do. Um, you know, obviously there's John Mulaney and Bo Burnham. Um, yeah. I just, I just, I've not been caught up on stand comedy it just it's just that i have to be in a certain mood for it i know sure. i know a lot of my friends just binge that like it's nothing um so yeah i i just need to be in the right mood for it. well and i'm definitely the kind of the same way where it's it's like uh there's um i, I kind of have to be in the sort of headspace um mm. for the for the stand-up comedy but um I don't, it's also like easy, like throw on one episode here or there, or like, you know, if you're like mopping or having breakfast or whatever, mm-hmm. like it's, it's not bad to just throw on an episode here or there. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm not going through every episode. There's a lot of them, but like I said, yeah. I'm just kind of picking and choosing like, 
I've heard a lot about this guy, or I recognize that guy, or like I didn't know he did these, or like right. some of these are like rewatches for the fifth or sixth time. So yeah, um, yeah, um, and then I'm also watching America's Got Talent because I'm a sucker. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I I've, trust me, I've been uh, sucked into many watch parties with my family of The Voice and American Idol, and you know yeah. seeing the, seeing the same story of you know the the up and comers, just like these people who come from nothing and then they're put into something. It's just like same story every week. But you know, it's entertaining to see them come out on top of the end. Well, it's, and there's there's something so different because Simon Cowell himself is so focused on storytelling above all else. Yeah, and so there is an interesting element to that but at the same time like it does get old yeah um, oh yeah so i'm proclaiming the same thing that i proclaimed last year this is a perfect show to watch on your dvr yes it's impossible and unwatchable live yeah um because we're still in the audition phase there's only been two episodes out there will be three by the time this episode airs yeah um but it's just we're we're getting um um we're getting simon cowell and the the, the judges and they're showing like backstories for a third of the acts. And it's like, save all the backstories until the live shows. Exactly. And then show them and use those as transitions. I don't want to see the same package eight different times before yeah. we get to the live shows. So, um, and, and not only that, but because they're showing these and because they're doing, I skip all the stuff. That's just like the judges hanging out backstage because yeah, it's just it's, cheesy and terrible. No one, no one wins, needs to know that. Well, but 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 they throw in some of that stuff, and then that means that they either cut auditions or like show you a second of them, and then like yeah. they'll even show you the judges' reaction, which is like that was really good, good job, you're making it on. And it's like show me the act because they're yeah. going to get to the judge cuts of the live shows, and I'm not going to have a clue who they are. Um, and they probably don't have a chance at winning if they couldn't wow at the yeah. audition. But like, I I I came for the talent. I came yeah. to see these people do incredible things, and. Uh, Look, there are people doing incredible things here. Of course, you got your silly acts. Like, yeah. somebody came on this year and was like, oh, I jello wrestle. And she didn't have anybody with her. So she's just in a tub, just like smashing jello. And it, it's hilarious. Like, yeah. obviously, she didn't go through, but it was really funny. Yeah. Um, but then you have like, um, um, uh, their magicians are, have been really good uh, this year. And, really? Uh, and there's, uh, there's an act that, um, Oh geez, I can't remember. I just remember being there's a there's like a, a, a Japanese dance group, but on mm. unicycles, and it's like fascinating. Yeah. So I, I I've been trying to like tweet out like after I watch the episode, like for you people that can't watch the full hour and a half show, whatever it is, watch and the like, ones on YouTube. Well, yeah, and like here's the YouTube links of the ones that you really should this week. So, yeah. um, so anyway, uh, and then the one I really want to talk about is I'm watching The Nevers on HBO. And I feel like nobody is talking about this show. I've never heard of this. Okay, it's it's over. Uh, yeah. I I don't know if they've been renewed or not, but uh, it was only six episodes, and it's been over. It's been off for a couple weeks. Um, but um, but I feel like kind of episode five or six was when Mayor of East Town started, and then nobody was talking about it. But mm -hmm. this is um look, it's of a same name, and would we could just move on from there. Uh, but this is a Joss Whedon started show. Oh, okay. Um, but but what's interesting about Joss Whedon and uh, it and this is not new for the Nevers, is how he can create and write such compelling, authentic, powerful female characters and also be the douchebag that he is. Yeah. You know. Um, anyway, so, like, that's definitely present in here. Yeah. Um, and he stepped out before the show ever released uh, okay. a couple weeks before things, before everybody started to believe that he was a douchebag. Yeah. And um, the, uh, the, the show is just 
interesting, and I really thought it was going to be League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but with females. But yeah. it, it's not, and like it's 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 essentially X Men set okay. in Victorian era. Okay, but but it's because it's HBO. There's a lot of drama, and there's a lot of talking, and there's a lot of character building, as yeah. opposed to just here's Wolverine. Let's make him do the Wolverine thing, kind of like yeah. X Men tends to yeah. do. Um, and it's getting really good. I've I've seen the first four episodes, and like I think the pilot is really good. I talked about yeah. that in real time, um, and then I just didn't get around to watching the rest of them. And I'm on episode four right now, and I'm just like really digging the show. I'm gonna yeah. finish it tonight. Yeah. Um, and six episodes, six hours, like it's, you could it's do. It's not bad. Exactly. It's not bad at all. But I I really dig this show, and I don't know anybody that's talking about this show. Yeah. So I'll add uh, to my list for sure. Yeah. I, I know there's always stuff to add to your list. I, I yeah. feel like, I don't know if you're watching this show, like please tweet me because I need somebody to watch it with or to talk about it with. Uh, when I finish it, I'm definitely going to like throw it in the Slack channel and be like, am I the only person? Yeah. Cause I need, I need somebody. Yeah. So um, anyway, all right, I'm finally done on all this stuff. Uh, I want to know what are, the, what are the things that maybe aren't on right now that you make sure to keep up with when they're on, when they are on. Um, Hmm. I do. Okay. As much as it's been dipped in quality a little bit, I do keep up with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I do think it's probably in that like top three comedies, sitcoms of all time for me. Uh, because yeah. I, I like, there will not be a time when my friends and I are just so bored and we will just put on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and absolutely lose it through how I, and how ridiculous it is. I, I still think my favorite form of comedy is uh, Mac and Dennis moving to the suburbs because it's just <laughs> endlessly rewatchable. Like, Max my, Famous Mac and Cheese. Max Famous Mac and Cheese. Uh, I absolutely love that show. And even like the newer episodes, it's still like they tr- they still try to make things relevant and like they used to. But I also can see a little dip in quality and could see it being canceled in the next couple of years. But honestly, it's fine. They've been going on for what sixteen seasons. No, it's already been re- it's already been renewed for three more seasons. Okay, so yeah, so we're it's it's going to be the longest running sitcom. sitcom. Yeah, and I feel like at that point, it's, they're just gloating, being like, "Hey, we're the longest running sitcom." But it's like at that point, they're like, "What do you have to show for it, though?" Um, I think it has a really dedicated fan base because they don't come out with a new season every year. And so mm-hmm. like it gives time or it gives people time to catch up. And a lot of yeah. times I don't think it got really popular until like season five or six. Oh, especially and when Danny DeVito came on. Well, it was season two, but yeah. like, I don't think it got popular until a couple seasons in and then it got a really dedicated fan base who have right. stayed with it while also picking up new fans constantly. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's a brilliant show. I love it. I, yeah. I think the comedy in it is hilarious and yeah. you know, so many memes from it. Like the, can I interest you in egg in these, yeah. in these trying times? <laughs> the rum ham is just, Oh my God. The rum ham. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's so many, so many good moments. And also it's one of those, like when you watch it, there's a ton of like stars in this. Cause there's, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, they get people like Sean William Scott who are mm-hmm. kind of has-beens at this point. Um, and, and they, and they also pull in like the whole cast has gotten careers because of this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, especially specifically Charlie Day. Yeah. Um, but they also like randomly pull in or like really helped launch, um, Oh God. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Simpson. Um, yeah. From uh, and, like, Westworld. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, completely different in Westworld oh, than yeah. it is from It's Always oh, Sunny, yeah. but like yeah. he's he's that person where he shows up in Westworld and you're like, oh, that's the McPoyle brother. Yeah, like, that's, so. the, that's the first, when I first saw Westworld at Comic-Con, uh, that, that made, my first instinct was, oh my god, it's it's literally Mc, the McPoyle, where's the other one? Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, man, I was really excited for a uh, western with the both with Boyle twins uh, and the sister. But uh, yeah, I, I love it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, I think another show I will fall on a 
uh, on a binge basis. Um, I have been binging because I've never seen The Sopranos. So I've been binging mm-hmm. The Sopranos. Uh, and I've been also just playing catch up with TV shows that people say, oh, they're incredible. You must watch them. I just have not gotten around to it. Sure. So, so what are some of those on your queue then? I, I've I've just stopped saying here's what my queue is, and I'm just saying yeah. like if there's anything I've added to my queue. The only thing I have to add this week is I hear people talking mad props about this season of Mythic Quest. Yeah. So I've added Mythic Quest to my list, but that's it. Um, but what what are, what are some of those things that like are really the highlights of like I haven't yeah. seen it, but I do plan on getting around to it. Um, so I'm not a crazy person and I have seen Breaking Bad. So Better Call Saul, um, hundred percent. Uh, I've, my friend, my friend, my best friend, um, he, him and I love Breaking Bad so much. And he's like, and he's like, how have you not seen Better Call Saul? Have you not seen it? It is so good right now. It is probably in the heights of Breaking Bad right now. Um, like really? So I, you know, I'm waiting for it to be done and then I'll probably start it. Um, uh, the wires also on one of them because HBO, Man, talk about a slow burn. It's yeah. it's great, but it's you're it's not as like fast paced as you might yeah. think. Yeah, that's why that's why I'm in hearing, and I'm kind of excited for that. Um, it, it is an excellent show. Yeah. Yes. Um, Mad Men also because I do like John Hamm a lot, and I do like those uh, the actors in it. I just have not gotten around to it. Um, what else? Um, Ted Lasso is the recent show. I've been yes. Good. I love Ted Lasso. I I heard. I've been hearing. It's been so weird because the first time I've ever heard about it was award season, and uh, you know the whole thing with Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis, and I'm like, I'm. I mean. Good that Jason Zedekis is going to go to a break with Ted Lasso. And everyone's like, oh, you haven't seen Ted Lasso? And I'm like, oh, it's – and everyone's like, oh, my God, you must watch it. It's hilarious. So well, I'm and, really excited to, to see it. Well, and it was just like – it came out and people were just ranting and raving about it. But I don't care about soccer at all. Yeah. And, and like Jason Sudeikis is not great. But he's great in this show. Yeah. Um, and of course, like the opening credits or the opening to the show just sold me on, yep, I'm going to love this show. And of course, they get to the opening credits on the first episode. And at the end, it says created by Bill Lawrence, who created my favorite sitcom of all time, Scrubs. Okay. And so it's like, okay, that's why I love this show. Got yeah. it. And so, and so like we're getting a similar sense of humor, okay. similar, similar characters, although less caricatures, more like yeah. grounded in reality. Yeah. And, uh, um and and like definitely is gonna hit you in the feels at a couple points right um new season comes out next month and okay. i'm definitely gonna rewatch season one before before very season cool. two very cool yeah that's, uh, that's all i have for uh just on the queue right now cool well that takes care of everything except for the one last thing that we got to do with tv is uh is the hot takes uh so do you have a hot take a show that you love that people don't or or vice yeah. versa or something um i i don't get why people love invincible Ooh. I I have just I get why people love it. I, I actually I shouldn't say well, I don't get why people love it. I get why people love it. And everything about Invincible should be my thing. Like the voice cast, JK Simmons, mm-hmm. Stephen Young, it's great. Look, they're they're good in Invincible, they're fine. I just I just wasn't a huge fan like everyone else was. I just was it's not like because everyone was like, oh my god, I'm not trying to seem like I'm not like I don't like mainstream stuff. It's not it's not that. It's just I was not that big of a fan of it. I think it's mostly the animation. I like, yeah, it's a lower budget show. I was just like expecting a lot more when people said, "Oh my god, it's incredible!" I think the writing for Omni Man was the best part of that whole show, and I was more interested in Omni Man. But I was not really, um, I didn't really care about Stephen Young's character or any of the other characters besides Omni Man. Um, I just I, when I watched season two, maybe I that's just so up for debate. I just was so mixed by the end of it. I I still don't have like a actual rating of what i think of it because there's there's some good qualities to it it's just that it hasn't grabbed me like everyone else has 
Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I understand that. Uh, and I think that's a good clarification for, like, I came to the show late. I didn't start mm. it until after the finale had aired. Because um, that was one of those that, like, progressively was picking up an audience as it was airing. And I'm kind of with you. I... Look, I'm definitely nowhere near the extent that you are, but I think it's I think it's a good show. But is it an all timer for me? Is it incredible? Is it great? Like like the like great great great. Um, it's it's really good, and that's about as high as I, I say I, I think it is. Um, that's my same yeah. thing with the boys. That's just my same thing with the boys. Like everyone holds the boys to such high regard because it's like the first. I guess it's the first prime show that you know people know by. I think the boys is fine. I think uh, recently with you know announcing like spinoffs and things like that, I think it's kind of losing the message of what the boys originally showed. I think the first season is good. I think it's fine. Second season kind of goes off the rails and it's kind of like, oh, it's that one show about superheroes and it's extremely gory and extremely uh, has a lot of language. So I think it kind of loses that and loses like the actual storytelling. It's just like, oh, here's Homelander because uh, we like that. And it's just for no reason, for no reason. Sure. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I really like the boys. Um, and I, I love the first season and I really like the second season. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in hindsight, really the only things I could remember are the big bloody gory parts, but I yeah. know like when I'm watching it, I'm like, Oh, I really like this. And it's not because the blood and gore, right. um, it's almost like game and game of Thrones. Like when people were like, Oh yeah, it like, it's just a lot of blood and boobs and like, sure. There's a lot of blood and blood and there's definitely a lot of boobs, but yeah. there's, there's something here that's really good. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, I remember story movements. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, I'm having the opposite effect on, on the boys. But I know when I'm in the zone, like when I'm yeah. watching it, I really like it. Yeah. I don't know that it needs spinoffs and I don't know that it even needs more than one more season. But exactly. um, I'm going to at least finish the season, finish the series. Yeah. For sure. yeah. My hot take is for reality TV, for really any shows, but specifically reality shows, we have to stop the coming up segments. Um, oh, at the end of the show? Not, not at the end of the show, in the middle of the show. Um, at the end of the show, sure, right? Like, I'm totally okay. Um, like, one of the things about the streaming that's been really nice, you know, like Mandalorian, is you don't know anything about the next episode mm-hmm. unless they reveal it in the episode. Like, there's no sneak peeks or anything like that. Right. Um, there's no trailers because they don't have to because the name The Mandalorian will get people there anyway. Um, so they don't have to do that. And so, Some Disney Plus shows have done that. Like, Mighty Ducks always did a... On the next episode, right? Um, you could could watch the sneak peek, although they made it really hard to find. Yeah, but um, but I just I think specifically like watching America's Got Talent, mm-hmm. they're they're having the show, and before they cut to commercial, most of the time they say coming up, and they'll show little snips of the performances later, and it's like I want to have as, as fresh of an experience. Right. When somebody walks on stage, not knowing what they're going to do and not knowing what that act is going to look like. And so because we DVR, I just close my eyes and skip forward 20 seconds. And, yeah. You know, like, I, it, it baffles me. And like, I get sure you got to get people to come back after the break that are watching live. But like yeah. they're coming back, whether you show them what it is or not. And yeah. you're just ruining the experience because yeah. you've killed all creativity. So no, I agree. I, I haven't seen much reality TV. I've been more following it recently because I think I think reality TV is just like especially trashy reality reality TV. I think that's mm-hmm. my ultimate guilty pleasure is because I just like to see <laughs> I just like to see the dominoes being or the cards being stacked so high and just like like at least one small fraction just absolutely topple the whole house of cards. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Like um, I watched this one on. Uh, 
it was it was on NBC for a little bit. It's called I Met Wanna Marry Harry. Uh, it's about this guy who literally looks kind of n- nothing like Prince Harry, and you know they kind of manipulate girl women being like, hey, he's Prince Harry. And then they show like they show like coming up and like who's being kicked off. It's like that would be great if I did not know that. So don't. I was like very mad at that. But that was. I was but no, I, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'd be like watching like The Bachelor or something like that. Which exactly. Never do. But yeah. but if they show you like coming up and then they show like him handing the rose to like about to hand the rose to somebody it's like isn't that why people watch the show yeah i don't know why people watch the bachelor but <laughs> I, the, the bachelor for me is my is my ultimate guilty pleasure show because oh, okay is, yeah, no 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 shame because honestly like the hate is totally warranted because it is easily like if i was to be a critic uh, actual critic about it it's the worst show i ever produced if i <laughs> if i if i but if i am watching something with my friends and we just want something absolutely trashy to binge we will binge the the first season or uh the newest season of the bachelor because it is so fun it is so ridiculous um everything is like i like there's the like everything is the same like you know you think they're all here for the wrong reasons if they like it or not and they you know they all just start beef with each other for no reason and you just watch everything go down and then you hear like you know like the the guy or the girl you know hear that and it's just it's so funny to be like oh my god everyone is such a child um <laughs> It's 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 funny. I I think the Bachelor is just funny. I think it's again it's for a specific type of person. If you just want trashy fun, of course watch the Bachelor. But if if not, then of course don't watch it. It's it's stupid. Man, I feel kind of the same way about America's Got Talent. It is yeah. simultaneously the best and worst produced show I've ever seen. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> like it, there's so many things about it that I hate, and I've already ranted about all the things that I hate, even though I continue to watch every week. Mm-hmm. But like there is things to love, and part of it is like there is no better reality show that's better at sound mixing and sound oh, yeah. editing, and like yeah. picking the songs to play to set the mood. Yeah, like they're amazing at oh, it. Oh yeah, and their oh, yeah. their production values just through the roof. Yeah. But they also make the worst choices oh, yeah. in, in like structures. So. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. We're done with the sieve topic. We've we've done we've gotten through the whole list. Uh, time to move on to the B plot, which is sort of tangential, like a B plot. Um, and that's uh, I like this question. Movies that you wish were TV series instead. Um, and it was fun like finding this criteria because like trying to think about like why would this make a better TV series? Sometimes it's just like two hours wasn't enough to tell the story. Sometimes it's like world building could have been better. Sometimes it's just like I like the idea of this, but on a much smaller scale, like mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, thirty minute show for 10, 10 weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's really interesting. And I think I have like kind of different reasons um, for each. Right. So yeah. um, I'll kick us off. Uh, this is the first one I thought of. And I think this is my favorite one. Um, I would turn dogma into a TV show. Really? I think Look, I, I only watched this movie the first time two, three yeah. months ago. Uh, I think it's really good, but there's so much world building there. That's creative and unique. Mm. Um, and the, the characters are just so lovable. And I think it works totally fine as a movie, but could you imagine if dogma was just season one of much greater, or if it yeah. was just like season 10 or like season, maybe yeah. if it was a free, if it was the final season of this show that's gotten to introduce you to specifically the Ben Affleck and Matt Damon yeah. dynamic and, yeah. and the characters they play, I think it would be a lot of fun. You know, I don't think it could go on for like twelve years. And of I, I think I think sticking to like a thirty-minute format. But could you imagine like a thirty-minute HBO show? I, I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah. So, uh, what about you? You got one? Hmm. I was I was gonna say Minority Report. Then I was like, oh, that was a TV show already. Um, <laughs> 
Well, but you could still say that because you could say I, a good version. I actually, I actually have a, a better one. Um, John Carpenter's The Fog, I think, Ooh, would be okay. very interesting. I, I I've been binging a lot of John Carpenter this year this year because I've grown that I've seen probably the one percent of John Carpenter movies, and I've grown that he's in my in my Mount Rushmore filmmakers. Um, but I would love to see. Uh, a fog tv series and it just be like the slow burn be like oh what's going on in this in this town kind of like a jaws aspect what's going on in this town and then realize towards like the end of the season oh it's these monsters that have emerged from the fog and it and like being that goofy like cheesy aspect of it like i think that i just be like like so fun like you know like how they're making like a new uh chucky tv series with brad Dourif. i i think like you know that like have that campy whimsicality to it i think it would be a lot of fun and plus i think john carpenter would love to he's he's fishing for stuff to do besides scores not saying his scores recently have been bad they've been amazing they've been the best things that's come out in the every year that comes out but would be great for him to be not come back to the director's chair but just to be like overseeing a project being like yeah this is great something that's not halloween pretty much sure yeah i that'd be well, and not only that, but if you're if you're saying the end, the fun, the season one finale is them revealing that it's aliens doing thing. I mean, a lot of a lot of times, I think I haven't mm-hmm. seen the fog, so I can't yeah. I can't say for sure. But a lot of times, the endings to these movies are forced for uh, or rushed because they've spent so much time building up mystery, and then all of a sudden there's a reveal, and it's like, all right, well, we 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 what we liked the building up more than we like the resolution. Yeah. So like, if the finale is revealing that there are monsters in the fog, yeah. like there's an endless opportunity for you to explore in that world right so cool um okay um here's what we're going to talk about without remorse um totally average not really much special about this movie um aside from you know i talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast aside from i think it's directed really well and i think michael jordan is incredible uh michael b jordan is incredible because he's always incredible yeah um but this is based off of a book that is a complex story that is a more character driven story um and that has a much better plot than the movie without remorse give me the tv the mini series version of this and because this is based off of the uh tom clancy character john clark mm. make each season one of his books yeah and and like adapt it and i think same thing for the john krasinski jack, jack ryan tv series like mm. make make the hunt for red october a mini you know eight eight yeah. episode season um make patriot games that make clear and present danger that make the yeah. sum of all fears that make these amazing jack ryan stories that um so i do so do the same thing just turn make a john clark series and make season one without remorse yeah and, and eventually you get to rainbow six but yeah yeah that's uh that's where i'll go with that uh um, what about what's your next one hmm. okay uh do tenacious d in the pick of destiny uh, because I uh, listen. If you don't love Jack Black, then I already have a beef with you already. Because <laughs> how, how how could you hate him? Uh, I love and Jack. I, I I think and plus he is like he's not really fishing for work. He would love that. He would love to be on a project. Um, I and I love. I think the Pick of Destiny is one of the, one of my favorite comedies. Um, I think turn the Pick of Destiny into uh just a one season show. And not the animated version, not the animated show that they did on YouTube, which was which was fine. It was, it was whatever. Um, make a live action show with Kyle Gass, Um and make a show about. I, I've had this idea brewing in my head for a while. Do a show 
um, about, you know, their kind of state on music right now and, you know, them trying to revitalize the rock genre and make, you know, make Tenacious D a more mo notable name, you know, get, of course, get like your, your rock st uh, cl classic cameos and actor cameos, you, you know, you get Dave Gruel back, you know, as the, as the devil again, that'd be great. But, um, I just would think it would be great, especially with music being an ever uh, evolving medium right now. Um, it would just it would just be a lot of fun to see just those two working together. Yeah, I'd yeah. I'd for sure watch that. Yeah, um, pick pick a destiny is admittedly a shame movie for me, but um, I do like. I love Jack Black and I love all his musical comedy that he does. And yeah. like, I, I, I'm going to get around to Tenacious D um, at some point soon, but I, yeah. I've seen clips and yeah, they're, they're yeah. hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. G give them a whole episode with the saxaboom. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'd watch, I'd watch that. <laughs> yeah. I'd watch a lot of that show. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Puss in Boots. I'm actually talking about this movie again in like three weeks. Uh, uh, anime Alex. one? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure they did make, a Puss in Boots TV Netflix, series for Netflix. Probably, yeah, I think I could be wrong, but I'm saying look, I I don't know. So we're gonna I'm in my head that doesn't exist. Um, but just because of ignorance, not because of me yeah. being like, oh, it's you know, like like I choose to omit certain movies from franchises. Yeah. Um. You know. So I'll uh um I'll say uh, I'll I'll say Puss in Boots. I think would have been a better just make it a TV series for DreamWorks, which is uh, made Shrek, which is owned by. Paramount, I think, and Paramount was just licensing out what it, whatever, yeah. so because um, it wouldn't go on Spike TV. So yeah. I don't know, like licenses out to Nickelodeon or yeah, um, like yeah probably not Disney, like Nickelodeon or ABC Family or something like that, yeah. uh, or 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 Netflix, right? Yeah. And like just make Puss in Boots a show instead of the spinoff movie. Yeah, yeah. So cool. uh, for me, I I've always, I've actually had this idea in my head. I I wanted it to be actually. I think for a while uh now that we are mentioning this um an hbo bridges of madison county miniseries uh make it kind of like the movie but with the tv series and focus and focus more about character development between these two because i i'm a big clint eastwood uh defender especially with his later movies uh i would i would love for my series to talk about why i think 15 to 17 to paris is really misunderstood um however <laughs> Uh, I I think uh, Bridges of Madison County is one of his best movies. I think it's a beautiful movie. And I think it would work as like a six episode miniseries, maybe even four episodes if you really hour and a half episodes, because uh, that movie is basically all about all about you know these these two people that really love each other and basically saying what really what what is love kind of kind of thing. Um, so I think just to make it an HBO series. Uh, make it a mini series uh, would grab a lot of people's attention. You know, get two stars that everyone likes, and you'll it'll be the same thing. It'll be it'll be great. Nice. Um, I'm not I'm not a big Clint Eastwood person, but because yeah. I'm not a Western person, so I haven't yeah. seen that one. Uh, yeah, I don't even think I've heard of it. But it's on it's on uh, HBO Max. If you've never seen it, um, it's one of it, it's he directed it, but it's mo it's one of his dramatic movies. Uh, it's it's really great. Sure, it is incredible. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go with Solo, and um, I'll, I'm going to say that for this reason. Solo is my least favorite Star Wars movie um, by not that long of a shot, but um, for sure enough to, that it's not, it's not quite close. Mm -hmm. uh, Rise of Skywalker being my second least favorite. Yeah. Um, but like, there's a pretty significant gap. Um, I really like don't like Solo at all, mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of it is is the pre-production slash or production snafu that went on and yeah. i don't love alden Ehrenreich as 
Han Solo. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that feel forced to the movie, like the dice. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of characters just get kind of shoved to the back. I don't, I don't like the female robot character. Yeah. Um, but I love Donald Glover as Lando. Like lots of those things. Yeah. Um, Solo's story also takes place over such a long period of time and is complex enough that I feel like it could have been a six episode Disney yeah. Plus series instead of instead of the two hour movie that it is. And I feel like it would have been yeah. better for it, um, especially because you feel like they were going for a trilogy because I think that was always the plan. Yeah. Make a solo trilogy. Make make a mini series instead. Or make yeah. a you know make make a three epi- three three season series or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would have made it a lot better. Yeah. Uh, last, uh, do you have another one? Yeah, my uh, last one would be um, a really underrated. I think it's criminally underrated, but I think it's I think it's one of the best things I've watched this year. Um, so as everyone does, uh, Borat is a great movie. Everyone loves Borat. <laughs> everyone loves a great movie. But I, however, make so if you've seen the movie. Uh, Bullworth, directed by Warren Beatty and stars Warren Beatty, uh, have uh, and it's is about a politician who has a complete mental breakdown and goes into a club and acts like and act, and just acts like like he's hip and he's part of and he's part of '90s culture and it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen because literally uh, there's a one there's a scene in a in a courthouse where Warren Beatty screams out socialism and it's hilarious uh, and. Um, and I, I was thinking, take Sasha Baron Cohen and uh, take and place him into that uh, kind of world where each episode he goes, he acts like this politician and uh, tries out different things, kind of like that Jeff Goldblum TV series on uh, Disney Plus, but yeah, yeah. kind of with Sasha Baron Cohen as a corrupt politician. And I think it would be really, really funny, um, especially if you put on like HBO or Showtime, uh, where Who Is America was probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, you know, that would, that would be just delightful. Man, I, I, it's funny. I was laughing because I thought about putting Borat on this, uh, on this list. Uh, I think Borat, I just watched Borat again this earlier this week and i do think that the original movie is it, both movies i really love both movies mm-hmm. um they, they are totally perfect for what they are yeah uh but there is kind of an element of i i think there's enough there that i almost wish that borat was a a series yeah uh, obviously like the gimmick would be over after one season unless oh, they yeah. change up his costume same thing like yeah Eric with Andre Borat's show. movie film where he very rarely yeah. is in standard borat so- outfit um so like i think they creatively worked around that but i was thinking i was i was actually thinking borat would be yeah would be a good pick yeah um so although that would not be probably not be very good to sasha bear cohen's physical health yeah exactly (laughs) especially today but yeah um anyway um and i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw out two real quick before i give my last one and it's just i've mentioned them on the show before they've been talked about the show before um inside out would be a great series Hmm. um and uh and i I reiterated that from um aaron dicer said that at one point Hmm. yeah totally in agreement um and the dark tower would be a much better series instead of a movie yeah um but but both those are just you know um saying things that have been said for a while everybody and their mother was like dark tower should have been a a series i think inside out is is great but i would love to live more in that world Um, so even like sequel series with different you know hosts or whatever um so anyway, so just throwing that one out just because it said, uh, this is where we're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean again. Yeah. Um, the caveat is that movies do so well because they have a massive budget mm. uh, and they're able to look incredible. But um, I, I think I think that it could have really worked as 
contained smaller stories that feed into one arc and so instead of a trilogy where there's a million things going on and the stories get really complex and all that take that take you know the season one two or the movie one two and three and turn it into a a two season arc yeah right especially like you make the curse of the black pearl and dead man's chest one movie yeah and and at world's uh, at world's end could be one whole series like right uh, or one whole season is, uh, of, of tv so like i don't know figure out math to yeah I think it could be a, a stellar TV series, right? Um, but like, also the movies did really well, so let's not let's not yeah you know, disparage that. Um, and are totally fine, but I just think like you know, Gorvitz Gorvabinsky would have been allowed to work a lot more and maybe make the full at Worlds End that he would have wanted. To. Yeah, because um, you can tell even though it's a really long movie, it kind of feels like it was intended to be longer. Um, yeah. So cool. Uh, all right, we did it, which means just means we have the spinoff. So, John, what is that one thing that you were just really itching to be like, you got to check this out, or like, please, please stay away from this? Hmm. Uh, I actually have uh, two, if you don't mind. Um, so, I, I think I've been growing more into anime series as much as I do love anime movies. Um, however, I feel like nobody... And I mean, nobody except for, I feel like, you know, just a couple people um, talk about uh, Mamoru Oshii, who has made Ghost in the Shell. Um, People have not seen his other movies. And it kind of shows because his other movies are a little bit better than, um, are a little bit better than uh, Ghost in the Shell. Um, There's his movie called Beautiful Dreamer, which I think everyone should see. Um, It is a sequel to a movie that's also a series. You do not need to watch the series nor the predecessor to understand what's going on uh, because I have not. Um, it is about it is pretty much a hangout movie with a bunch of kids in high school, and then you realize, oh my god, we're in a living in a time loop, and this is this is awful. Like it's the horrors of a time loop and the existentialism that comes with it. It is both hilariously charming, but also like, oh my god, this is absolutely horrifying to think about. Um, it's his most philosophical film by a large margin. Um, and, uh, I just, it's on YouTube. Uh, so you can, I think all the best movies are on YouTube. Uh, and people just not realize that yet. Um, and the next movie I wanted to say is, uh, Sui Hark's The Blade. I don't think Sui Hark has a big name that people should because all of his action movies kick so much ass. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I think people need to watch the, Bl- if they want to flay, just a taste of how good he is. The Blade is, is might be my favorite from his, maybe one of the best action movies I've ever seen, period. It is a samurai movie uh, that is just about this guy. Uh, it's like a revenge movie, and he all he has is this one blade, and it has one. It has a flashback scene, which I think is probably one of the greatest action scenes composed. Um, it, it, you would probably have to find it on like other sites, because it is not on anything streaming, but I do think it is something that everyone should see because not a lot, not a lot of people discuss about it, and people are saying, "Oh, where are some great um, movie, uh, action movies from that's not from the U.S." And yeah, John Woo is amazing. We all know that he is, but I think that people need to watch some Sui Hark movies because his, his samurai movies are amazing. They his, the production you'll see the production design, you'll absolutely lose your mind. Um, it is just oh my god, I can talk, I can talk my mouth off with how much I love the blade so much. Man, it's not even like showing up on JustWatch.com. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's kind of hard to find. Um, I, I mean, there's DVDs out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll, shoot, I'll check it out. Sure. Uh, cool. Uh, all right, we are recording on Friday. Last night, me and my wife went to go see In the Heights in the theaters, and this is 
such a delight. Mm-hmm. Um, I legitimately might watch it later tonight. <laughs> really? Uh, it's so good. Um, and I know like, I'm not the first person, and I'm not trying to just copy Aaron Dicer, because I know he tweeted that he, he as soon as he was finished, he restarted it, because he just watched him on HBO Max. So. Oh, wow. Like it, it, it is so good. Uh, now there is definitely a lot of things about it that I can kind of feel like because Lin Manuel Miranda did this before he did Hamilton, yeah. And there's definitely things you could be like, oh, this is kind of watered down Hamilton in some of its themes and messages. Uh, and there's definitely like nothing about this movie will surprise you. You know exactly the story elements that are going to happen. Like you, once the setup is complete, which it does take a while to get to, but it is the best part of the movie, just introducing and familiarizing yourself with this neighborhood um, and and this. Community community um you like once everything is set up you know how the movie is going to turn out um you know like where characters are going to end up at the end and who they're going to end up with things like that but this isn't a movie meant to shock you right like it's uh the last the last little bit of it kind of dragged for me um and there's some really noticeable cgi um Mm -hmm specifically like there's a really creative dance that's one of the last ones that look you could tell like is so unrealistic Mm. um because like it's they're dancing on the side of a building like and so the camera like does some really interesting things and like man john m chu just directs the crap out of this movie and it's so acted and like the lin-manuel miranda character could be completely cut from the movie and it would take away nothing Mm. um so like there's this is not a perfect movie um and by any stretch of the means but um it's the songs are catchy uh the 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 um, the picture is colorful um, and and really like I think I described it in my letterboxd review like this is very much a movie that isn't about where you end up it's about taking the journey with these characters mm-hmm. and it's a really incredible journey um, it's it's just I, I just want to live in this yeah. I, I kind of almost wish there was more and it's already a two hour and a half movie like yeah. I almost wish like this was a mini series just because I want I want to be yeah. with these people, and it's uh, primarily like lots of like Latin American countries, like community, and just the way that they so value community and family. Like it's just like there's so much admirable about yeah. about this, and um, it's 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 really great, and it will end up on my favorite movies of all time by the end of the year. Oh wow. I don't like it's my 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 favorite movies of all time like is maybe 115 movies yeah. or something like that. Um and this won't be like top 20, but I could easily see this going in like 70 or 80. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm definitely like, checking out in theaters because it, I saw the trailer and I was like, wow, this looks impressive. I must see it in a theater cuz I also have AMC A list. So I was like, oh, I'm taking an opportunity of that. So yeah, I'm yeah. very much looking forward to see. It. I just have to find out when to see it. Well, um, and you know, I was I've been at Dicer's a couple times and like he has a really nice sound system mm-hmm. and a you know six thousand dollar TV. So like I'm sure his experience was great. You yeah. know his experience has been great every time I've watched stuff with him. But yeah. I don't I don't have I have a three hundred dollar sound bar and a one thousand dollar TV. Like yeah. it's it's great. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I we we went to go to the theaters to see it, yeah. um, and I would definitely recommend that HBO Max for your rewatches for the for the next thirty days. So. Yeah. Um, yes, that is that is in the heights. Full throated recommend. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap. Quick reminder that Sip Pop Writers Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows by visiting studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for SipPop.com, you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore during the B-plot, then you can email me at writersroom at SipPop.com. And you can also get in contact with me on Twitter or Letterboxd at Schweitcastle. Uh, and please don't forget to leave us a review on your iTunes while you're checking things 
out. Um, it really helps out the show. Uh, but that's all the plugs that I have. John, where do you want to send people to? What do you want to pimp? Um, so pre- pretty much, I guess the only thing the pimp is my letterbox. Uh, it is if you follow the Sif Pop uh, letterbox. My thing is in my letterbox has uh, Connie from Good Time as the profile picture, so it's not that hard to find. Uh, but yeah, you get to see my whack taste uh, range throughout. But uh, yeah, that's all I have. Yeah, and uh, if you're not familiar with Good Time, like me, it's it's the very red one. <laughs> yes, it's it's yes, it's the very it's Robert Pattinson in a very red uh, tracksuit. Yeah, so um, yeah, so you find uh, you can find him if you search Sif Pop under Members in Letterboxd, and then go to Team Members uh, on the Sif Pop page. You can find him there. Cool. Well, hey, uh, it's been awesome chatting with you, and uh, we'll have to do it again at some point soon. Yes, for uh, sure. Thank you for mu- very much for having me on. Yeah, of course, and. Um, yeah, you know, there's uh, plenty of stuff going on. Enjoy your summer break. And, thank you, thank you. Um, try to stay, you know, not dying from the heat. <laughs> yes, yes, I will try, be trying as hard as possible. Yeah. Next uh, next week, I'm talking about goats with Robert and Dexter. We're talking about M and The Graduate. Uh, and next month, doing TV catch-up. I actually don't think anybody's scheduled yet. So uh, there will be somebody on. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, but in the meantime, that's this show. Uh, thanks for sticking around, and we'll see you next